Hi, I'm Dr. D.Z. Cofield, Senior Pastor of the Good Old Missionary Baptist Church. I want to wish all of the fathers a happy Father's Day. Now, this is a little different format. No, this is not a little different. This is a lot different. I'm doing something that I have not done in my almost 39 years of preaching. I've done, I can't tell you how many Father's Day messages and Father's Day talks and Men's Day talks over the years. Um, but today I wanted to have uh, what my friend Dr. Elliot Mallory Green calls a concert of fatherhood. I wanted to talk to several fathers and have them share scriptures with you along with myself and allow you to eavesdrop on this conversation as we talk about fathering in the 21st century. Uh, we know we're living in some very trying times and we are being tested. Um, there's been a global grief across the world because of COVID-19. And then we have seen uh, police shootings, uh, not so much rise in terms of numbers, but rise in terms of visibility. And the death of George Floyd just sparked uh, an international protest and an international call for justice. Uh, how, how can you father in times like these? And I've got five brothers with me. Uh, I've got some laymen. I've got ministers. I've got uh, men who have chosen to love by choice and adopt children. I've got some uh, who are new fathers, some who are single fathers, some who are fathering for the second time around with young children. And so we're going to have a conversation today, and I appreciate you joining in with us. If you know somebody who would benefit from this, who you think will be blessed by being a part of this conversation, uh, share our broadcast, uh, like it. Let somebody know that there's never been a better time for hope. I, I want to thank uh, all of these brothers who have come in and are part of this discussion. And it's it's going to be a great time. And I appreciate them uh, so much. So let me bring all of them on with me today. I have uh, with me Dr. Elliot Mallory Green. Uh, so he and I go back um, almost before my youngest son was born because he and I were in seminary together. Uh, at Dallas Theological Seminary. We actually worked together at the Urban Alternative and uh, shared stories there. And he is now part of the staff at our church and has his own individual ministry as well. Deacon Ian Chestnut is, is one of our young deacons. He's, he's a techie. Um, I actually uh, knew Deacon Chestnut for some time, but really knew his father, uh, James Chestnut, who was a church consultant for many years and uh, help churches get their businesses together so that they could do their business in an effective and efficient way. And I'm excited to have him with me. Uh, below him is Minister Daryl Rose. Uh, so I got to tell you this about Daryl Rose. I have so much respect for he and his wife. Um, he wasn't a, a member of the church actively when I first came to the church and really recommitted his life to the Lord. Uh, became a deacon at the church, uh, then acknowledged the call of ministry. And then he did something that a lot of ministers don't understand. My late pastor, Dr. A. Lewis Patterson, said a call to preach is a call to preparation. And he began uh, his Bible college studies and then moved on to seminary 
Yeah, he's a graduate of uh, the Master's Seminary, uh, along with his wife, and is a, a biblical counselor, uh, is over our maturity ministry at the church, and, and has a tremendous story of fatherhood to tell. And I'm going to let all of these brothers tell their own stories. Um, Minister Chris Johnson is a young man who has been with uh, our church uh, for several years, and I've watched him acknowledge his call to ministry, watched him grow uh, as a man, he is now serving as assistant to the pastor at the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church and has, I think, a great perspective on fatherhood, not just uh, his role as a father with his son, CJ, but also uh, being the son of a strong man and the wisdom and principles that uh, his father shared with him. And then I have uh, with me uh, the guy that that's below me that kind of looks like me a little bit. Uh, that's my son, Brandon, my youngest son, who is the newest father uh, on this call. Uh, my newest grandson, Brandon uh, Cofield Jr. Man, I got to get used to that. I uh, was just born May the 28th. And so uh, I've asked my youngest son to come on and just talk about, you know, what he is sensing and what he is feeling uh, as a father. So um, I want to start with Deacon Chestnut first. Um Deke, as you as you talk about and think about fatherhood, um, I remember on one occasion I, I mentioned your dad. It was funny uh, as I was preaching, uh, the Lord just brought your dad to my mind as an example of of manhood and, and being a father. And you sent me a text afterwards telling me how much you appreciated that. And there were some things going on and just uh, the timing of that was just very providential. Um, so, so talk to us about fatherhood and, and the scripture that, you know, God has laid on your heart to kind of share a devotional thought out of as, as you think about being, being a dad and, and having the father that you had. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Thanks a lot, Pastor. I uh, totally appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, uh, to share my thoughts of what it means to be a father um, on this Father's Day 2020. Um, the instance that you referenced uh, was actually the first Sunday after my dad passed away. So he passed away um, October of uh, 2016. And so whatever that Sunday was um, after the funeral and everything like that was when you actually mentioned his name. Um, and so um, I was uh, uh, very heartwarmed um, to, to, to hear you call his name. It was it, it was still tough, um, but I definitely appreciate you. You calling him out. So thank you very much for that. Uh, my uh, devotional for today comes from Deuteronomy 11, um, 13 through 21. And I'll be highlighting two verses, uh, verse number uh, 13, which is faithfully obey the commands I am giving you today to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. And then verse 19 is teach this command to your children, talking about this command when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. And so to me, this verse means two things. It, one, it means that we are to love God with everything we have and in everything that we do. And then number two, that we are to teach our children this commandment. Uh, I was blessed to have my dad, James Chestnut Jr., with me for 39 years. Um, and I don't take any of that time for granted or lightly. Um, dad did an excellent job of following the instructions from this particular passage, um, both in loving the Lord and teaching his children how to love the Lord. Um, there are six of us total. Um, we have four boys and, and two girls in the bunch. Um, and I was blessed to see his love on a daily basis by watching him in three ways, uh, watching him as a husband, watching him as a provider 
and then watching him as a father. Uh, and so as a, as a husband, he loved my mother and my siblings and I took note. I saw the joyful times, the blissful moments, the road trips, the vacations, um, the hand-holding, the embraces, and of course the kisses. Um, but I also saw the arguments, or as I, now that I'm grown and have those arguments of my own, I like, them called, I like to call them lively debates. The silent treatments, the death stares, um, but I also saw in those moments the sincere apologies and the I'm sorry's and the tears that, that follow to make up that temporary rift that may have happened. Um, as a husband, um, did mom always have everything that she may have wanted? Of course not. But dad made sure that mom always had what she needed. Um, even as his health was deteriorating, he made provisions to ensure that mom would always be taken care of, period, point blank. Most importantly, he showed me how to lead a family while at the same time listening and accepting input from mom, even when it wasn't necessarily solicited. Um, and he handled it with, with grace and with character. Um, number two, as a provider. He was the ultimate provider, whether working as a maintenance supervisor for Harris County for a number of years to driving around Houston in a rotor truck with us in tow, going from home to home, uh, fixing pipes and toilets and, and snaking out drains um, to running multiple successful small businesses. Um, I struggled early on when I graduated and started up my own small business to figure out how I could use my talents for kingdom work not realizing I had front row seats to the best example of how to do that. In every business dad had, he brought with him the word, whether it was leaving a prayer tract at a plumbing client, whether it was saying a prayer to open or close a business meeting, whether it was discreetly slipping some cash into somebody's hand because the Lord put it on his heart, dad showed the love of the Lord wherever he went. And then number three, as a father, dad was the best, hands down. He was always actively supportive and all of our activities, whether it was academics, sports, co-signing on vehicles, insurance, business advice, um, and then the various different life milestones like graduations and, and marriage. He was there. He listened. He loved. He supported. Uh, well, actually, <laughs> there was one time where he wasn't as supportive and, and I had to call him out on it. I had just graduated from USC, moved back home, and um, was staying with them. And uh, I was looking for my place. Me and Frenet had gotten engaged. And so she had, she had started school and I was looking for my, a, a place of my own. I had some great contracts, so I had a little cash on me. Um, but my parents loved having me back home. I had my own business. I was helping them with their business. Uh, we would eat breakfast, lunch and dinner together. It was great. They loved it. Um, and so I ran my startup from my old bedroom, um, but I knew I needed more space. So I really started looking for a place to go. And so um, I went to place number one and I, of course, you know, I involved dad in all my transactions. So I went to went to place number one and got all the specs. And I brought it back to him. And said, hey, dad, what did you know what I'm saying? What about this one? He's like, ah, no, nah, that one was built back in 1980, 82. I think it might be too old. I was like, OK, bet. So I brought him back the next one. Hey, dad, well, you know what I'm saying? What about this? He's like, nah, your property taxes might be a little bit too high on that. You might not want that one. I'm like, oh, all right. Property taxes. All right. So I brought him a third. I said, hey, Deb, well, how about this one? He's like, yeah, man, that neighborhood is not that great, man. You know what I'm saying? The price bag will go down. You're not going to want to do that. One. I was like, hold on, that Like, you, re you really have knocked down every one of my options. And so I got kind of perturbed. I told Frenet, I was like, hey, Frenet, you know, Dad is really like being hard on, on me trying to find these, these, uh, these homes. So I sent him one more. He's like, yeah, the plumbing's old. I said, you know what, Dad, this, this is ridiculous. Look, I'm coming at you for advice and guidance, and you have been nothing but hateful, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And he looked at me and said, first of all, son, you need to watch your tone. 
It's like, all right, my bad. <laughs> and so I got back to my mom. And, um, and so she said, Ian, well, you know why he's doing this, right? I say, no, why? He's like, because he loves having you at home. I was like, oh, well, why did he just say that? This is ridiculous. So for me, I've um, had a um, tremendous example of what it means to be a father. Um, and so for me, those, those three things encompass both being a excellent husband, a great provider, um, and a father that's active in their kids' lives. So thank you very much, Pastor, once again, for giving me the opportunity. Um, I hope I'm making my dad proud. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm trying every day to go out and do the things that he has instilled on us, which at the end of the day is to love the Lord in all different type of ways. Thanks a lot. Yeah. You, you know, I, I think without question, man, you, I know you're making your dad proud. Uh, yeah, your dad was a little slick on that move, right? <laughs> he, he was going to throw some salt on everything you wanted uh, to do. Dry hating, dry hating. Uh, but but you know I th- I think it's it's such a blessing man to have that kind of example uh, in your life and um, you know it, it, it's just great man to be able to have those memories and to see those things that you know your dad did and and be able now to to emulate and and knowing your dad man I I know he he is super proud of you man I mean he was just he was a great guy he was a guy that I had uh, tremendous respect for. Uh, because he was for right and uh, he was for doing it in excellence. And, and I always appreciated that about him. Yeah. Um, the, the next brother that's going to share with us uh, today is uh, my youngest son, Brandon. Uh, Brandon was born in Media, Pennsylvania, and we moved to Texas in 1989, the year after he was born in December of 88. So he he literally was a baby when we moved to Dallas Seminary and then was just uh, four uh, going into five when we moved to Houston. And so he's grown up in Texas his, his entire life. And uh, he just had a, a baby boy, Brandon John Derrick Jr. And so I got to get used to the senior uh, tag uh, on his name. But man, I asked Brandon to share today as a new father. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's been thinking about this over the last nine, nine months, but you know, baby's here now. Um, great. Uh, looks just like his granddad. You know, I'm, I'm kind of like my, my mom, you know, she said all of her grandchildren look like her. So I'm just carrying on that tradition, but, but I'm excited to have Brandon, uh, sharing this morning, uh, with us. So let me uh, bring uh, my youngest son, Brandon John Derrick Sr. Yeah, Brandon John Derrick Cofield Sr. Uh, to the stage. Brandon, what's going on, man? Um, yeah, not too much. Just um, living a whole different lifestyle. Obviously, things things change when you're thinking about other people first. Uh, so the devotional that I wanted to, to speak on was uh, Psalms 127, um, verse 3 through 5. Uh, it says that, uh, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of a womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. And then blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. And part of the biggest thing that really uh, struck me about this verse is the aspect and the idea of this reward. Um, not only is it something I'm getting used to and, and loving having a uh, an opportunity to say senior. I mean, I almost just want to go by just SR or something that, that extreme. 
Um, it, it's a, a reward and it's a, a perspective and going through this time in life, whether looking at the pandemic and so many different things uh, that are that are on the minds of individuals to, to think about, this is something that I get to do. This is like a, a unique and a special gift to be this parent and be able to mold and shape and, and, and form the, the opinions and the skills and everything of this, this little our, our little bundle of joy. And so really that reward aspect is something that I, um, I've been trying to hold on to in the middle of trying to study for the bar exam and the news and the media and everything going on. Um, and, and to that perspective piece, thinking about this uh, country music song by Darius Rucker, and it's entitled, It Won't Be Like This For Long. And the, the whole purpose of the song is really looking at yeah, right now it, it might seem like it's not that great, but I promise you down the road, like this is, you're gonna look back and laugh and um, and sitting there and going through some of the uh, the most epic of diaper blowouts and things. And even though it might kind of get you down at three, four in the morning, uh, just to not be able to figure out this Rubik's Cube that is a child crying, really just enjoy the idea like, oh man, in a couple of years, I can't wait to 18 years from now to embarrass you in front of your kids about this incident or this thing and, and really just trying to enjoy this moment, this very unique, like I said, opportunity and gift and this reward. Um, regarding the, 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 the full quiver right now, we, we have one and one is more than enough currently, but I, I'm sure that might change, but just taking a different approach, uh, not different, but really highlighting the approach of the reward of fatherhood and, and having a little man that is going to have the last, uh, I guess the last name and the, the same name, and being able to carry on that legacy that I had with uh, John Peoples, my great grandfather, and obviously uh, the Reverend Doctor Dedekoff, <laughs> and the Derek name in there, and so just a lot—not necessarily a lot to live up to, but a lot to be proud of—and that was what we wanted to do with uh, naming the naming him Junior. So on this Father's Day, just encourage every father, even if there's that moment of. I, I don't know how to do this because no one knows fully what they're doing and I've figured that out and I'm sorry dad now if I ever seem like I was like right, how do you not have the answer I, I get it um, <laughs> but just to enjoy the idea of this reward that this is just a, a blessing and and live in the moment and I now have so much advice that I mean, unsolicited from friends that are like ah, so how is it and I'm like I, honestly I don't know but I'm loving every minute of it so that's what I have Man, I, I appreciate that, Brandon. It, you know, it, it's funny because um, time goes by so fast. Like, dude, it, it just feels like it, it doesn't feel like we came to Houston yesterday, but like the day before yesterday. Yeah. And so, you know, to have seen you grow, uh, man, I, I, I promise I wasn't going to cry, man. But, you know, just to have watched you grow and, and develop and, um, you know, think about all of those funny moments when you were growing up um, and, you know, the infectious laugh that you used to have, like you used to make the whole family laugh when you started laughing and you'd laugh about nothing. You just start laughing and everybody else would start laughing because you were laughing. You know, I think about your grandmother who um, said, you know, she was talking about how smart you were. And she said, you know, she wanted to go on how to be a millionaire. She said, I'm going to use all three of my lifelines with Brandon. I'm just going to call Brandon, <laughs> you know, on all three of them. And to see you with your son and to see, you know, just your love for him and your interaction with him, man, it's just, 
like the coolest thing. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not ready to go to heaven, but but I can go and, and feel really fulfilled, man. Just seeing, you know, the young man that you've become and uh, and to see, you know, our children, man, are the legacy that we leave to the world, you know. And uh, man, I'm just proud of you, your brother and your sister, man. Just, you know, what, what God is doing in your life. And and um, so so I'm excited. Yeah, my, my quiver is full. Um, you know, but but you still got time to put some more arrows in your quiver, man. So you know, it's too soon to talk about that now with the Nerica. Yeah. You know, you got <laughs> you know, at least let it get through the six week checkup first. <laughs> but uh, no, that's a blessing, man. Thank you so much um, for sharing, man. We're really happy to have with us uh, sharing this Father's Day, Minister Daryl Rose, and I asked Minister Rose to share. Um, because he has um, chosen to love. You know, the Bible says that there are two relationships that we enter into by choice, covenant relationships. Um, one is marriage and one is adoption. And it's interesting that God uses those two relationships to describe his relationship with the people of God, that we have been adopted into the family of God and that we are the bride of Christ, the church. And uh, he and his wife uh, adopted uh, two sons. And you know what? I'll let him tell the story. Minister Darrell Rose. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Pastor. Well, good morning. Good morning, everyone. It's a blessing to be a part of this discussion on fatherhood. I have a very interesting story, but I'm going to jump right to the chase. Um, I've raised four children. Um, I've raised my nieces. So Stephanie and Valerie. Valerie is 34 years old. Stephanie is 36. Uh, we took them in, uh, didn't adopt them, but we raised them as our own. Uh, but I did. I still did not have a son. So my text, uh, my selected text is 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 27, which says, For this child I pray, and the Lord has granted my petition that I made to him. I always wanted a son. I always wanted a son. And my wife and I uh, could not have any children. I did not know uh, the struggle that she was going through because she couldn't bear children at the time. So that's why I chose this passage because Hannah is right down our alley, okay? It's on our street because my wife couldn't have children. And I didn't know how it affected her until one uh, holiday, holiday season, I think it was Thanksgiving, uh, I was cooking dinner and we had family over and my brother-in-law was there and he had his son, his son was only about four or five years old, running around the kitchen. And I made a statement, I said, man, I said, it must be awesome having a son. That's what I said. So after that holiday, for a couple of days, my wife really wasn't talking to me much and I couldn't figure out what's wrong. So I started asking her, something's wrong. I said, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. I said, what's wrong? She said, I heard what you said. I said, what do you mean? She said, I heard you say to my brother how wonderful it is having a son. And I I didn't feel, I felt bad about that. My heart was heavy. So I had to tell my wife, honey, I love you with or without children. And of course, if we can't have children, maybe we can consider adopting. So we began to pray about a son. And then, all of a sudden, we got connected uh, with this organization that helped us adopt our sons. Uh, they wanted to give us a, 
a infant. I said, no, we're too old for an infant. I told my wife, I said, maybe the Lord wants us to have a one-year-old. All right? Our son, Aaron, came into our home on his first birthday. <laughs> Just to show you how, how the Lord works. He was one year old the day he came into our home. So the Lord answers prayers. We prayed about it, and God gave us two wonderful sons, Aaron and Jonathan. And you know, one of the things that one of the concerns about uh, bringing kids into your home, adopting them, you're thinking you don't know where they've been, what they're going through. But it's amazing how God can take an adopted child and and give that child to parents, and it's if the child is the parent's biological son and daughter. So I raised these boys, we, we raised these boys, and it's like these boys are our sons. There is a spiritual connection that takes place. Uh, there is a, a mental, emotional bonding that takes place between parents and an adopted child. And one of the fears that parents have, uh, uh, parents who are adoptive parents have, is when do I share with my child that they are adopted? That's a fear for a lot of parents. Because they don't know, first of all, because of the uh, a bad connotation that's associated with the word adoption. And so uh, I told my son, I took him on a bike ride through uh, the trail. He was like five years old. And I thought I felt it was time to tell him. So we were on our bikes riding through the woods, you know, and uh, I said, son, I have something I have something I want to tell you. He said, what is it? So I began to explain adoption to him. I said, son, I want you to know that you are adopted. So he said, oh, and now my, my heart just sank right there. You know what his next statement was? Dad, look at that frog. He was saying, to, he was really saying to me is, so what? I'm adopted, so what? You know, and so that my boys have turned out to be wonderful kids. And I've always told my sons this, that you got to love the Lord. And I ask them this question all the time. How do you know God exists? Their answer, by what's been made. So, so, so as, as a man, son, you have to love the Lord. Not only love the Lord, but you have to be a, a, a real man and admit his faults and ask for forgiveness. A real man does that. So I began to notice that the seeds I was planting began to pay off. And here's what my son did. He got in trouble at school one day, and then he called me at work, and he said, Dad, I want to share something with you. So here's what he said. He was in the kindergarten. He got, got in trouble for bad conduct, and this is what he said. I'm going to share this with you. heartbreaking to me. And so anyway, nonetheless, I'm going to end with this. I asked my son, I said, son, do you want to meet your biological father? He said, dad, I'm good. I said, you sure? He said, I'm good, dad. And then he said this, you are my father. 
And I'll leave you with that. Wow. You know, that's a, that's a powerful story. Uh, for those of us that couldn't make out what he was saying on that phone call, it, it's kind of interesting because knowing him now as, as a young man, hearing that little voice is, is really that, that you kept the recording. But what exactly was he saying? He, he got in trouble at school. He, he called me the next day. I was at work. I didn't answer my phone. He left me a message. He said, Dad, this is your son, Aaron. I'm sorry for getting in trouble the, the, yesterday, the day before, and I wrote this. I, I'm sorry for I'm sorry. I will continue to get a green in conduct. This is your son, Aaron. Will you please forgive me? Wow, <laughs> that's man, that's that's some good stuff, man. Golly, that's that's awesome, awesome. Whew, man, not a whole lot you can say after that. Um, the, the the next person I I want to share uh, on this uh, devotional. Uh, Father's Day conversation. For those of you who may be just uh, coming on with us, uh, this is Dr. D.Z. Cofield, senior pastor at the Good Old Missionary Baptist Church, and I'm doing something really different. And I got to tell you, I'm I'm so glad that that the Lord led me to do this, and I had enough sense to obey the Lord. Um, I've got fathers who are sharing uh, devotional thoughts from various scriptures about fatherhood and what fatherhood means to them, um, both with their biological fathers um, as well as with their own children. And man, I, I'm just grateful to God. I've, I've been blessed already in, in a major, major way. Um, our next uh, brother is Dr. Elliot Mallory Green. Um, so you've got to be impressed with his uh, academic acumen um, you know, the brother was, he was tutoring the rest of us mere mortals in, in Greek and Hebrew when he was a first year student. Uh, he was translating from the papyrus, has a tremendous gift in, in the areas of languages, taught himself Ukaritic and Akkadian. And, um, but the thing I've appreciated about him over the years is, um, as scholarly a brother as he is, he has such a heart for God and a heart for God's people. And, and we're blessed to have him um, as our core membership teacher. Uh, he teaches our Bible study and, and, and does a tremendous job at our church and, and teaches around the world. And I'm, I'm just grateful for his friendship. Uh, even now, if I'm looking at a passage and I'm kind of questioning, okay, man, you know, how, how does this stem, you know, look and, and which way to go? I, I'll give him a call in a minute and say, man, doc, look at this passage with me, man. Tell me what you're thinking. And so I appreciate him. Uh, he, he's fathering now, man, the second time around. I mean, uh, of course, he's still a father to his his two oldest um, children, his sons. But um, he's got a little girl now that's got him wrapped around her finger. And uh, so I wanted him to share today about fatherhood and how fatherhood has evolved for him uh, as he has gotten older and, and wiser. Um, Doc, I know for me, uh, with my own children, um, you know, I, I was blessed to to have them young, but in in a way, I think I had them too young because I felt like when I got to forty, like I was just ready to be a father. I just had an understanding. Before that, man, in my early twenties, I was just hustling, trying to make sure we had a roof over our head and we had food to eat because you know my three kids had this nasty habit of wanting to eat every day. You know, and so you know, I was just trying to make it. And it wasn't until I got like in my 30s, my 40s, where I was like, 
okay, calm down, dude. Like, it's okay. Um, no, it, you, you're good. You're good. And so, uh, man, I'd, I'd love to hear from you just how parenting has evolved for you, how it's changed from your two sons to your daughter. Um, you, you're, you're on this evolutionary track of parenting, man. So thank you for agreeing to share with us today. All right. Thank you so much. And, and by the way, that's um, uh, three sons. I have three older sons and uh, a daughter, Malie. Uh, my oldest son is uh, 37. Oh, wow. And, uh, uh, and then I have uh, Randall, who's 34, uh, Ryan, who's 27, and Malie, who's five. So uh, I don't have any grandchildren yet, and it got to the place where none of the boys, uh, I should say men, uh, are married, so I had to start having my own grandchildren. With <laughs> 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 a five-year-old daughter. And, and, and I, I wish I could say that, that she has me wrapped around her finger. It's, it's more like, as I contemplate what gift I want for Father's Day, uh, that would be a leash to give her so it would be just easier to lead me around. <laughs> um, um, but... Um, you know, it has been a long track, and uh, like you, um, I had um, uh, my, my you know first son uh, very early uh, when when I was in college, and um, uh, it, it was it was so neat the, the the day he was born. I remember picking him up and uh, carrying him, uh, and I'm just looking at this little image that looks like me, my father, my grandfather, and going like, wow. Uh, uh, we, we've got another one on the planet here. And uh, in the moment, you don't realize the heavy responsibility that you have as a father. But um, in, in one sense, I had some a good preparation uh, in um, my, my, my dad uh, didn't come to the Lord until late in life. Uh, so he taught me a lot of things about what not to do. <laughs> Uh, but um, my um, my father was uh, named uh, Raymond Elliot Green, and uh, he was a, a phenomenal musician, an incredible intellect. The the, the dude could um, just devour a three hundred page book in a couple of hours and tell you everything that was in it and discourse with you. Uh, he got me at a started at an early age of uh, reading and discussing. Um, uh, philosophy with him. I remember reading Thomas Sowell together. Maybe I was about nine, um, and t uh, telling him about Voltaire and um, uh, French philosophy and what have you. So it was, it was rich from the intellectual side. Uh, from the spiritual side, my my grandfather George Mallory was just a um, uh, uh, just a paragon of what it meant to be a hard worker, family man, focused, dedicated. Uh, uh, deacon in the church, and um, I remember asking my mother once, I said, well, what was it like going through the depression and the shortages of food and what have you? And my mom said, I don't know. We never missed any meals. So uh, whatever we need, uh, daddy would just grow it in the backyard or slaughter an animal, and we have meats. And she said it, it was it was nothing. So it, 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 in terms of provider, when there were ups and downs in life, he would just kind of smooth them out. And... Um, uh, I, I found that, uh, and I still find it to be an incredible heritage of um, having the responsibility and the opportunity to where I can, as the Lord will permit, smooth things out for my children. So um, I, I, uh, when, when I was asked to do this, uh, several uh, scriptures 
uh, came to mind. Um, and one of them is a very popular verse, um, Proverbs 22 and 6. Uh, that, of course, uh, we, we know it as uh, train up a child uh, in the way you should go. Uh, and uh, when he is, um, even when he is old, he will not uh, depart from it. That particular passage, as we uh, look at it from the Hebrew, can be thought of in two different ways, actually. And part of re reading the Proverbs is when you look at it at first sight, you should always go back and, and scratch a little bit, uh, dig a little bit deeper, um, because they, they, the Proverbs are very cleverly written and they, they want us to meditate and contemplate uh, what's being said. So uh, we, we know, of course, that the passage train up a child in the way he should go, but there's, there's another translation treating kanok, um, um, the first word that means train up or dedicate, as what we call a conditional imperative. And the idea is is more, uh, the first one is like a promise, train up a child in the way he should go, and his old, he will not depart from it. But the second interpretation of it would be more of a threat. that uh, says, um, you know, go ahead, train up a child according to his evil inclinations, or in other words, let, let him have his own will. And uh, when he is uh, old, he will continue in that way throughout his entire life. He will continue in an evil way. Um, so it, it is a passage that's both a, both a promise and also a, a warning and a threat. And I, I guess in my parenthood, as uh, the Lord has been guiding me through uh, all these years, um, uh, that, that's that's been a key thing uh, for me is to uh, understanding that uh, parenting is is discipleship, and um, uh, uh, you're always engaging in formative discipline and corrective di discipline. So, and if it's all formative discipline, um, it, it 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 can be a little bit too much of a Pollyanna-like world where you're just always thinking the positive or whatever, but. Uh, one thing that I, I learned soon after uh, all my children were born, because when, you, when they're carrying them around the hospital, you say, oh, they're so cute, they're so beautiful, they're innocent. And God says, nope, read your theology. They are little sin seeds waiting to grow up. You don't even have to teach them to lie. They'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> so so uh, with formative discipline, there also has to be corrective discipline. But um, in correcting, you have to be very careful that you remain a father and not a drill sergeant. Um, Ephesians 6, 4 uh, uh, says, do not provoke your children to anger. The underlying imperative there uh, implies something like, do not be the source of their anger. So you can even take the Bible and ram it down a child's throat um, such that uh, they hate the Bible, they hate the church, they hate the Lord, and you're using the scripture to drive them away from the very place you should be driving them to. I think uh, Ian started out with a wonderful quote from uh, Deuteronomy um, and uh, just lo loving the Lord and um, uh, bringing up the child uh, correctly. So I, I had some wonderful episodes with uh, all of my children. Uh, and of course, with Malise, she's five, so she's learning new things. Um, I, I guess what I've, what I've learned uh, over the years is to be um, more and more tender and, and how I approach everything. Um, with, with my uh, older sons, I, I think I learned it quickly early, but there are a few times when I, when I reflect back, I thought, oh, that discipline was way too hard. It was unnecessary. Um, because if you uh, come up around certain grandparents, I mean, a spanking 
is not on a hill far away. <laughs> it's near to you. <laughs> it's even in your mouth if you say the wrong thing. Uh, and not everything um, I, I found uh, that I need to spank for. I spanked later on for rebellion, uh, but I would I would discipline uh, for um, uh, for just when they when they got a little bit out of lines. So everything didn't didn't mean that I had to put down martial law, uh, and just uh, learning that and appreciating it. It, it uh, gave them room to adjust, and, and I wanted them to do the right thing, not just because they feared getting a spanking, but because it, it was the right thing to do. So um, um, I, I've um, really, really been blessed over the years. I have, I have great children, um, and I, I would say all of them have had their moments, but as a father, quite frankly, I've, I've had very few rough moments with them. Um, uh, and I, I would hope to think that that would be their testimony with me, that they've had very few rough <laughs> moments with me being the antagonist. Um, so, um, you know, the, the, the world is just, you know, uh, so it's trying to disciple your kids while you're trying to disciple them. But there are two different agendas. So you're, you're in competition with worldviews, um, you know, having African-American children. You're trying to help them fight off false definitions of who they are. And um, you, uh, you, know, uh, you know, in this battle of warfare, and, and it's chaotic, and just like in, in any battle, uh, it, it gets messy. I, I've never seen a war movie where, the, where a battle wasn't messy. And in messy battles, you can end up having what they call friendly fire. So in other words, you, you shoot one of your own just in a mode of panic. And uh, my thought is that I have to really stay away from panic because otherwise, my, can, my children end up being wounded warriors when they're not supposed to be shot at in the first place by me. Um, yeah. I'm supposed to be the shield. And um, so uh, that's, that, that's a careful thing. I have to, you know, just uh, always be on my P's and Q's about that. E- even after years of uh, being a parent, um, I, I, I still want to be careful with that. Um, so, um, but, but it's been great. Just... Um, being a father and, and hearing the word, um, Brandon, this is coming for you. Excuse me. Just hearing the word "daddy" is so special. Mm. Um, it is just um, so special because that means that God allowed you to be an image bearer uh, whether it's uh, it's an image bearer and you're passing along how to bear the image to the next generation uh, whether that's through biology or adoption it does it doesn't matter because you know blood's thicker than water they say but spirit is thicker than blood and when you're a parent in the spirit uh, that that's you know that's even more than just being blood kin so it's a special thing so yeah. as we talk about this concert, of fatherhood, um, forgive my emotionalism here. Um, I, I just think of if you're going to parent, uh, you have to do it in the key of C in Christ. Um, uh, just so with that thought, I have uh, uh, seven little words of encouragement uh, for fathers here. Um, uh, one of them, the first is love generously, the second is listen carefully. The third is own your sin. When you make a mistake, fess up. Uh, be honest about it. 
Uh, number four, correct with grace. And uh, number five, realize that uh, your child is actually watching you be God's child. So if it works right, they can pick up on what it's like to be a child by watching the Heavenly Father lead us. So if I'm not good at obeying, uh, that sends a bad signal to my child in terms of uh, obeying my, my Heavenly Father is optional. Maybe they're thinking obeying uh, earthly father is optional as well. So I don't want to send that signal. Number six, um, you're not just raising children, but you're raising brothers and sisters in Christ. So one day they should be able to look you in the eye and say, Dad, you're wrong, or Dad, you're right. And you receive it because you raised them to that point. That's what you want. You want maturity. You don't want them to be your little boys and little girls all their lives. Uh, th that's not the goal. You, you want to raise them to be brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, number seven, it's okay to cry when you're happy about it. Yeah. Well, Doc, I, I, I really appreciate you sharing, man. Um, it, it's been a blessing um, to see you. Um, and apologies to your older son. I, I just remember uh, uh, Richard and Randall uh, running around the campus. Yeah. And yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but, you know, again, you know, just just a tremendous testimony. And, and I think, um, you know, I think all of us have been blessed by that. Uh, we got Minister Chris Johnson in the house. Uh, Mr. Chris Johnson serves as the assistant to the pastor at, at the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. And and I wanted him to share um, today in part because, you know, everybody has, I think, what the ideal scene is. And the ideal scene is you, you get married and you have children and you have a house with, you know, white picket fence and the dog and then you get older and you have grandchildren and all the grandchildren come over for the holidays and it doesn't always work out that way. And the challenge that we have is how, how do we parent through that? How do we parent through uh, co-parenting situations? How do we parent uh, after divorce? How do we parent um, for somebody who may be watching if you have a child and you and the mother are no longer uh, in an intimate relationship. Um, you know, there's the ideal scene and then there are a whole lot of real scenes that we create uh, because of our own sin and, and our own misunderstanding and our own poor decision making and the like. And um, I wanted to have him come on because he, he's such a, 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 a caring and responsible father, um, but he's also a real dude. And uh, so I appreciate him uh, talking about Father's Day 2020, what it means to him and and even listening. How is his perspective of fatherhood as he looks at his own dad and then looks at his son, CJ? Um, how how does that move forward? So, Chris, we're in your hands, brother. This, this concert of fatherhood, uh, you know, when you initially ask us to be a part of this, this conversation uh, and you tasked us with uh, picking a scripture, uh, I thought about it for several minutes. Uh, and initially what came to my mind uh, was was a scripture, but it was it was it was a scripture in the context of a, of a situation that happened with my father and myself. Um, my, my, my dad 
Uh, my dad was from uh, a small town outside of Houston uh, called Belleville, Texas. And, you know, country boy was raised by his mother, uh, his father and his mother divorced. And so he wasn't raised by his father, uh, was a Vietnam War veteran, was one of the first black Navy SEALs. Got out of the military, was shaped by that experience, uh, but, you know, loved his family and spared no expense uh, to make sure that we had everything that we needed or thought that we wanted. Uh, he and my mother were married for over 30, over 33, 34 years. And so I thought to, I thought about a situation in 2007 where uh, my father had been diagnosed with throat cancer. Uh, and he was in the final stages of his life. And so I went to see him the day before he passed away. And we spent hours talking uh, just about a variety of things. Uh, and we got to a point in the conversation, uh, and I'll never forget this. He said, he said, son, he said, the only thing I regret is that I didn't put what I should have put in you and your brother. And that struck me as odd because, as I said to you before, you know, from a relational standpoint, we had a we had a great relationship with my dad uh, in terms of needs or wants or material uh, things. Uh, you know, we had everything that we that we needed and wanted. But when he made that statement, I knew exactly what he was talking about uh, and what he was talking about was an in-depth uh, relationship with God. Uh, you know, we, we went to church. We, we, we grew up doing that. Um, but my father was, he was there sometimes, sometimes he wasn't. Uh, and so, you know, to have him say that, make that statement, I never forgot that. And so it caused me to think about uh, 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. Uh, and in that scripture, uh, David says uh, to Solomon on his deathbed, he says, I'm about to go uh, the way of all the earth. Uh, be strong, uh, therefore, and show yourself a man. And I, I, I thought about that uh, because, you know, in his book, Between the World and Me, uh, author Ta-Nehisi Coates talks about uh, how young black boys that he grew up with in the 1980s and the 1990s uh, were trying to show themselves a man. Uh, they wore their clothes a certain way. Uh, sometimes we're, 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 we're out and about uh, and we see our young black boys uh, and, and, and they're wearing their clothes a certain way. And while we're quick to assign a title to them and say, or they, they're trying to be thugs or they're trying to be cool or whatever the case, they're really searching for relevance. And ultimately they're trying to show themselves what they consider be a man, but they consider themselves uh, to be a man in the way that the world defines them. Mm -hmm. And so I thought about this scripture because I don't want my son to define what manhood is uh, through, a, through, through, through a country that views him through a Euro-American racial prism. Uh, I don't want my son uh, to have to guess about what manhood is. And so David gives some instructions to Solomon in terms of how he can show himself to be a man. Uh, he tells him 
to walk in the ways of the Lord, right? In terms of his behavior, uh, he tells him uh, he tells him to keep his statutes in terms of his practices, uh, uh, keeping his keeping his statutes, making sure that you don't just uh, behave in a certain way, but make sure that God's statutes are so ingrained in you that it's in the fiber and the DNA of who you are. And then he talks about his commandments and his rules, which should be your worldview of how you view everything in your life. And then he says, uh, he says, keep his testimonies uh, as it is written in the law of Moses that you may prosper. And so making sure that you not only walk and behave in a certain way, making sure that you not only practice uh, and make uh, and making sure that you, uh, you you're not only uh, uh, embodying what God is saying, man, but also making sure that you witness about it, uh, that you testify to others, that you that you talk with others about the role that God is playing uh, in your life. And for me, uh, in my in my situation as being a co-parent, uh, you know, I don't have a traditional uh, uh, situation or living relationship with my son. Uh, but one thing that I always, always, always remind him, and I know he's going to be watching this, son, always make sure that you keep God first and that you follow exactly what it is the Lord is telling you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the most interesting things about this text for me is that you don't you don't have another instance in the Bible that I've seen where you have David having this type of conversation with his other children. So where he made mistakes with Absalom and where he may have made mistakes with Tamar, where he may have made mistakes with other, uh, some other uh, of his children, he doesn't do that with Solomon. And he gives Solomon what, in my mind, uh, is the most important thing. It, it, everybody talks about Solomon's wisdom and his anointing, but very few people talk about the counsel that he got from his dad. Uh, and so I want to give my son something that money can't buy him. And that's counsel that comes from the Lord. And so the same charge that David got, uh, 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 that he got from the scriptures, that, that Joshua got, you know, the same charge that Jacob gave his children, David gave to Solomon. And so I want to give that, that charge to my son as well. You know, son, you know, show yourself a man when the time is right. Manhood is defined not by what the world says, but what God says. You know, you were you were a male, you're a male by birth, but you're a man by choice. And the decision you have to make is, are you going to do it God's way? Uh, and I, I sit in front of my son and 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 all sons. I, if you don't have a dad, you know, I'm going to take this point of privilege uh, and, and, and act as a father figure. Do it God's way. Uh, you know, Pastor, I, I was listening uh to you and, 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 you know, Dr. Mallory Green and uh, Pastor Rose and Ian uh, and our newest father, Brandon. Uh, and I was just, I was encouraged and I was motivated because the common thread uh, in all of you all stories was uh, a commitment to do the things of God uh, and, and a commitment to be transparent. And so for me, that's a teachable uh, that's a teachable lesson because, quite honestly, you know, there's not a, there's not a, uh, there's not an instruction manual with fatherhood. So, I, I, I am a, I am a social learner. I, I learn 
by observing others. So, you know, watching, you know, Professor Mallory Green interact with his children, watching Pastor Rose interact with his children, watching Ian interact with his children, watching you interact with your three children. I, I, I learned from that and I take an amalgamation from that. And then I try to use that in my own relationship with CJ. Uh, because to your point, we're in a co-parenting situation. Uh, his mother has done an excellent job, uh, you know, uh, uh, instilling, you know, the right things in CJ. Uh, but uh, while I, I'm not dismissive of that, I give her all the credit uh, in the world. I'm still his father. And my dad used to tell me, he, he would say, uh, he, he would say, son, He would say, son, you, you know, I'm your father. I'm the best friend you have. Mm. You know, and uh, I didn't realize that until he passed away. So, you know, I, uh, I don't want to, I don't want my son to make, you know, some of the same errors in terms of our relationship that I made you know, with my father, because I think a lot of times as, as, as sons, you know, we feel like our fathers know everything and that they're supposed to be perfect. Uh, and, you know, fathers aren't perfect. They're learning as they go, just like we are. And so I want to make sure that I give my son something solid that's larger than me and that comes from the scriptures. Man, I, I appreciate that. That's, um, that's, that's powerful. Um, thank you. Thank you for sharing, man. I, I want to thank everybody for their transparency. So th this Father's Day 2020 uh, has been a, a special Father's Day for me, in part because my newest grandson uh, was just born. And, and then my wife and I, we share um, a tribe of grandchildren um, and uh, the newest girl chance was born actually on her birthday uh december the 17th i was hoping she would hold on to my birthday december the 18th but she decided to come on the birthday of her nini and you know to be around and to see children have children and and to watch them mature and and grow in the lord is uh, an absolute blessing uh, my, my scripture today is First uh, Timothy five eight, uh, and it reads: "But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel." Um, I think what's interesting about this um, word "provide" um, it literally means to consider in advance or to look out beforehand. Uh, when we think about this uh, this scripture, uh, I know for me, historically, I've always thought about it in, in terms of financial uh, provision. And, and I alluded to this earlier, uh, being a young dad and struggling, didn't have um, parents who had the means to support me financially, and so I just had to get it. And, and I remember at times having to work three jobs and, 
make sure that my family had opportunity to experience things. There were times that, you know, I wanted the kids to go places, um, but I had to work one of the three jobs that I was working or two of them or all three of them. And so I would send the kids um, with their mother and they would go to events and activities and things like that. And I didn't go not understanding fully the full scope of what it meant to provide for my family. Um, David DeWitt in his book, The Mature Man, says there are three stages that every man must go through in order to find their ultimate fulfillment as a man. Um, he says, first, every uh, man begins as a male, uh, a boy, um, when they're born. And there are certain characteristics and traits that define uh, boyhood. Uh, but then as that male grows, they must grow from boyhood to manhood. And, you know, becoming a man uh, is is a choice. Right. We, we don't automatically become men uh, just because we grow older chronologically. You know, you'll hear some people say, oh, you think you're a man now. Right. Or you turn 18 or you turn 21, whatever those milestone ages are. Uh, but becoming a man is more than just an ascent to a chronological age. It speaks to our maturity, um, our willingness to own uh, our mistakes, as Dr. Green talked earlier, and um, to get out of the selfishness that marks boyhood and to recognize that as a man, you have to take responsibility for your actions and take responsibility for your household. Uh, but David DeWitt says the third level, uh, the highest level of manhood is when you move from being a boy to becoming a man to ultimately becoming a patriarch. And he defines a patriarch as a person who not only takes responsibility for his immediate household, but he also takes responsibility for his tribe. And so for me, this passage means so much more because I'm understanding that providing uh, is not just limited to uh, purchases. It's not limited to uh, food on the table and clothes on backs and, and vehicle running and, and, and household. And it's, it's more than that. Uh, am I providing uh, beyond the physical? Am I providing the emotional, uh, the mental, and the spiritual umbrella and covering that my family needs? Uh, am I reacting or am I reflecting and then responding? Um, am I exhibiting a, a spiritual and emotional uh, maturity and, and a mental maturity? that becomes a calming force uh, in my household and a calming force with my family to say, no, okay, hold on. Let, before we react, let's think about it. Let's pray about it. And, and what are we going to do? And then the whole fast, what I deem to be in the best interest of, of my family. Um, so when I read the scripture, if anyone does not provide for his relatives 
especially for members of his household. He has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And in a very real sense, if I'm not uh, image bearing who God is in my walk with God, that in a very real sense, I might as well be an unbeliever for my family because they're not seeing the God in me and they're not getting the example that God has for them. And so, man, I, I, I'm, you know, this Father's Day is, is just uh, an amazing Father's Day uh, for me. It's probably the best Father's Day that I've ever had, in part because it's the Father's Day that I've really understood and, and seen and grasped in a way that I've never experienced it before, what it means to be a father and, and a grandfather and to embrace uh, what God is, is giving to me. You know, I mean, when my children were born, I was excited, but I mean, you know, literally I was like, okay, I got to get back to work. You know, man, I'm happy to have these little people. And, and in part because I did not have um, a dad that was like the touchy feely kind of guy. You know, he was the, the hardworking, the disciplinarian. And, and for him, in his mind, he did it better than his dad did it because his dad wasn't around. Right. I mean, you know, he saw his dad a couple of times in his lifetime. So, you know, for me, he's like, Hey man, I'm here. I'm with your mom. I'm in the house. I'm working. I'm providing. And then for me, I, I call myself doing it a little better, you know, but, but the truth of the matter is, uh, man, I'm, I'm excited for this next generation. And so, you know, to all the dads who are out there, man, who have children and you have ch young children, man, time goes by so fast. Um, I look back now, um, I, I would have worked less hours, um, and spent more time with my children. Uh, I would have enjoyed them so much more than I did, uh, growing up, but in, in a very real way, I was, I was young. I was growing up while they were growing up. And so, you know, that's why family is so important. That's why being around grandparents is so important Be because you give children that, that nuclear village and you give them, you know, that extended love that helps to shape them and mold them. Uh, cause, because as, as Dr. Green said, man, I mean, the little bundles of joy are really little heathens and you need all hands on deck. I mean, you, you need as many people helping you, uh, raise them as possible. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, I look at my children, I look at Brandon, um, I look at Marcus, I look at Tiffany and, you know, whoever they are, man, I just, I just give God the glory for it. Um, I, I don't want to take the burden too heavy for, for who they may not be. And I'm not going to take the credit for who they are, or who they will become, because ultimately um, they've been placed in God's hand. And I've asked God to, to address um, them and to help them become who he wants them to be, just like God has helped me to become who he wants me to be. And so this Father's Day, man, I just hope all the dads, um, really just take time to reflect on what it means to be a father. Um, I want to encourage you to know it's never too late to start being a dad. Some of you may have been absent out of your children's life and 
and you know, you, you see scenes and movies and you might've seen it play out in your life or somebody else's life where, you know, the father comes back into the scene and, you know, the grown children say, Oh, now you're going to try to be a dad. And you know, you need to say, yeah, cause I wasn't before, but I want to do the best that I can now with the time that I have left. Uh, old song said time is filled with swift transitions. Not on earth unmoved can stand. Um, time moves by so fast. And so I want to encourage you to be uh, the best dad that you can be. Um, if you don't have a relationship with your children that you want, reach out and, and work to establish that relationship um, where you can't contact them uh, personally. Um, I would encourage you to pray. Uh, pray for them. Pray for yourself. Pray for wisdom. And ask God to bless you. Uh, in a special way. Thank you for being with us on this Father's Day. Um, I, I want to give all of these brothers an opportunity to come back in and and share today on uh, what's on their hearts and uh, what's on their mind. Uh, so uh, let me bring in brothers who are with us. And uh, man, just, just let's just go around and just talk about Man, today, what you heard, what what you felt, what you were thinking, um, and you know, however you feel led uh, to share with us. Ian, you 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 started off this conversation, man. So why don't you why don't you start off the wrap up, man? Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, once again, Pastor, I appreciate you for um, for having me. I think this was uh, extremely helpful. Um, I think one of the uh, quotes and uh, posts that I read a couple years ago um, that that really kind of resonates with me um, as I watch my own kids grow. Um, and it, it, it was a, a post from a young lady um, who um, had grown up in a single parent household with her with her mom, and um, her mom had had told her, "Say, like, look, baby girl, you may not know this, but the Lord knew how much I needed." something in my life and he sent me you. And as I read that quote, I teared up and then I started thinking about my own kids. So, you know, I high school, college, engaged, married. Um, and so me and Fernay were married for eight years before we had kids and it was just us. So we, you know, living the childless life um, and had a great time. And so then the thirties hit and um, you know, 31, 32. And so now, you know, we had our, our first and I can honestly say that uh, that my son Bryson um, uh, one uh, brought some foundational, some additional foundational support to our to our marriage. Um, and then when with you know Kalish right right behind him, it totally creates a, a pivot point um, in your life, so that uh, you have to begin to um, act, speak, look talk and uh, uh, realizing that you have this little person looking at you. Um, and as much as, you know, we try our best to help and mold and shape our kids, um, they do tremendous um, molding and shaping for us if we are trying to do as the Lord says and teach um, our kids how to live right. Um, and, and, and so for all those parents out there who are um, kidless or young or brand new, brand new parents, um, to just to just realize that there is going to be a shift. Don't fight the shift. Uh, uh, it's going to happen. And so, you know, be 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 ready for it. Be thankful for it um, uh, and just enjoy it. I mean, kids are a blessing um, and I have truly enjoyed 
um, um, both my own kids before I had kids. I enjoyed my nieces and nephews. Um, and so they can you know, tell you I was I was I was Uncle E. Um, and so, you know, whatever road that you're on, if it's adoption, if it's, you know, you know, you don't have any, you have nieces and nephews, be that be that model, be that person that the Lord wants you to be for other people. Yeah, that's great. Great word. Uh, B, t- tell me what your closing thoughts are just being part of this conversation and and just fatherhood in 2020 for you. Yeah, it's um it's it's awesome to to see what my future looks like. Not just looking at your uh, your image here, but also just uh, hearing um, just what how impactful and how much of a, a influence that you have, and ultimately, I guess I will have uh, on on my son, and how much it is to look forward to to being called daddy, to get to getting just the highs and lows, and being able to teach um, the the things that I've I've done well. I, I can't wait to say do as i say not as i do uh there's just all these different things i'm just looking forward to and uh, it's a blessing to be able to sit back and listen to other fathers with a wide variety of experiences but then you can see there's this common thread this this, uh, this commonality and, and like a love that is that is there um so for me it's great to just sit back and, and listen and, and fellowship but also kind of pick up some things. I have a, a couple little notes over here uh, from just what I should be doing. Because obviously, as we all know, there is no pamphlet or manual as how this is supposed to be done. So just a, a excited to be here with everyone and uh, appreciate the opportunity to, to share my two cents as a uh, now three, four week old dad. Yeah, so <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I tell you what, man, I, I love you, man. I, I'm so proud of you. Uh, I can't tell you how proud I am, man, when I see you interacting with your son. Um, just the kind of dad you you are, the kind of husband um, you're going to be. Just, just all of those things, man. It's just, it, it just does, does my heart um, so much joy. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm just thankful to God, man. For, for the man that you have have become, you know, I'll, I've always told people that um, I just think you're a great guy and it's not because you're my son. I just think you're a great guy, period. And and so, uh, man, I'm grateful and uh, and thankful for you sharing this Father's Day, man. Absolutely. Yep. Happy Father's Day. All right, man. All righty. All right. Um, Minister Darrell Rose. Well, I would say that it's been a a very uh, a tremendous blessing, really, being a part of this this uh, panel discussion on, on 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 fatherhood. And what I come to realize is that uh, uh, we are all imperfect fathers. <laughs> uh, there is no such thing as a perfect father. We missed the mark, and, and, and there's a lot of things I wish I could go back and do differently, like like Dr. Green said himself, you know. And uh, so, but. When the rubber meets the road, really, uh, I'm so grateful today, uh, and I'm thankful to God for allowing me to be a father. And my word of advice for a lot of fathers is this. I heard a Ted Tripp say this once. He said uh, he spent 30 minutes one night talking to his son about life. And then he said, son, it was so nice having this conversation. Have a great night's sleep. i see you in the morning. So he went to sleep. Went to his bedroom, actually. Went to see what's his bedroom, and he heard a knock the door. 
And he said, come on in, son. The son came in. He said, uh, Dad, a moment ago, you said we had a great conversation. And Ted said, yes, we did. He said, he said, but I didn't say anything. You did all of the talking. So what's the point? The point is, as fathers, we need to connect with our children. And so the way to do that is not always telling them what we think, because their mind is not too, is not as experienced or mature as our thought process. So we cannot talk to our children as if they are on our, our level and they're able to comprehend uh, what we're saying because of their lack of experience. So we need to uh, allow children, our children to share their heart. What's going on here? What are the things that you want? What are some of your fears? What are some of your concerns? You know, uh, what are some things that you desire? What are some of your affections? So that's my advice to fathers today is, Connect with your children. Listen, don't talk all the time, but listen for understanding. And whatever you hear, don't write it off so quickly as being something that's foolish. Because they will say some foolish things, but they are speaking from their world, their worldview. And we need to understand their hearts. It's only by then that we understand their hearts that we can give them the spiritual guidance that they need. Uh, and life going forward. And so that that would be my only word <laughs> of advice to all fathers out there. So, But it, but overall, it's been a fantastic, fantastic uh, a morning to discuss uh, fatherhood. All right, Dr. Green. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> let me uh, reiterate what everyone else has been saying. Thank you so much, um, uh, brother, uh, uh, pastor, for uh, thinking of this, um, this this opportunity to get together and share and do uh, ministry all together here as we share out of our love for the Lord uh, and uh, for the precious privilege that he's given us to be to be fathers. So uh, I, I thank you. you uh, every time I turn around, you're coming up with something. I'm going, hey, that's cool. <laughs> you know, so uh, this this definitely goes on the cool shelf. <laughs> um just listening to everyone's great story uh, about their um, uh, fathers and um, uh, and, and also raising children. I, I, it, one of the things that uh, comes to mind first is the one thing that I want to have all of my children to have in common is that I want to leave to them a legacy of loving God. That, that's what I want the Mallory Green family heritage to be, to leave a legacy of loving God. If I could do anything all over again, I would uh, go back, start over, and have this uh, thought in heart and in mind and live it out and speak of it more vigorously. Um, but, you know, it, it, it took a journey to get here, and um, uh, not that it was absent in the beginning, but uh, I'd made a whole lot more noise for Jesus uh, in my early years. Uh, I've had some uh, precious privileges. All, my children are different. And I've, uh, one of the things uh, that I've appreciated in God showing me these, each one has its own little personalities. Uh, is um, they're, they're all different. And I just uh, thought quickly of um, a few episodes. My, with my oldest son, I remember his, I think it was junior, senior in high school, we had to make a catapult as, the, as um, one of his senior science projects. So we were up at like 12 and 1 o'clock in our driveway launching tennis balls <laughs> into our neighbor's backyard. 
And my son looked up at me and he said, I'll never forget this as long as I live. Uh, my uh, second son, uh, Randall, first one is Richard, second son, Randall, uh, when he was about 13 or 14, I believe, he, he contracted meningitis and he had to be uh, quarantined. We had to take him to the hospital and I stayed in there the whole time. And uh, while we were there, we watched uh, sci-fi movies and one of them was Independence Day. And uh, I just remember the doctor came in there and started watching the movie with us. Uh, and it was, you know, he was really sick, but at the same time, it was just this special father and son bonding time uh, that was, that was incredible. And, and in spite of how I was feeling, the, the, the Lord just made it a good moment, uh, amazingly. Uh, my third son is um, into uh, auto racing, and uh, he and I uh, love to go uh, to the uh, track Texas Motor Speedway. I mean... I'm sitting there watching a NASCAR event, having my eardrums blown out, um, but uh, tailgating and, and making hot dogs and, and, and hamburgers and just spending the whole day talking to him about just about everything. We go like at 6 a.m. in the morning and, and just make a real day of it. And um, uh, it, that, there's just some real special time there. And then I, I watch Malie. She's five years old. Um, I stay busy. I, I work a lot from home. But I've learned uh, over the years that when my kids come into my office, um, unless I'm uh, trying to stop the world from being invaded by Martians uh, through my skill and wit, uh, let her interrupt uh, my time because usually she wants four or five minutes and I need to uh, just add four or five minutes to the end of my day rather than tell her she's not welcome. So I let her interrupt. I let her put uh, right over next to me is a desk for her. And she comes in and she opens up my other computer and she says, I'm working like you, Daddy. And I'm thinking, okay, this is, this is a moment. There's some learning going on here, not only for her, but for me. So just be accessible, I think, is the word that I'd like to give. So um, before we can do anything with all the other, other abilities of a father, availability has to be at the top of the list. Um, because otherwise, how can they see God working through Christ in you if you're not available? Yeah. Um, I want to encourage today all of the children uh, who have dads, um, whether you have a relationship with your dad or not. And even if your dad is not alive, um, I, I want to encourage somebody uh, as this last thought to forgive. Mm. Um, one of the common threads uh, among all of us is that, man, children don't come with a manual. And, you know, you, you, hopefully if you have more than one child, you know, you didn't mess up the first one too bad. And, you know, if you if you didn't have a good example, um, I admire Ian, I admire his dad, you know, um, this great guy. And, you know, the, the shortcomings that I've had as a father, I, I want to try to make up for as a grandfather. And, you know, I, I was telling my son that, you know, we, we're going to have to we, we're gonna set a new tone. You know, um, he didn't know his grandfather um, because my mother and father split up before he was born. And so he, he never met his grandfather, you know, and 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 I think about my dad and, and man, he missed some things. You know, I wish my dad you know, had really seen how valuable and important he was to our family and would have taught my son 
and, and all my children lessons that he taught me and fishing and hunting and all of those things. Um, but he didn't. And so, you know, the challenge is uh, when you, when you have a less than ideal parent and, and most of us have complaints that we can, you know, uh, lodge against our parents. Um, but the greatest gift you can give to yourself this Father's Day is the gift of forgiveness. Um, to recognize that, man, we, we do the best that we can. And you know, somewhere along the line, man, hopefully, hopefully we, we can make up that difference. Um, and whatever we can't make up, we, we trust that God can make up. So thank you for being with us this Father's Day, man. I hope you were blessed um, by this concert of fatherhood, uh, these conversations uh, between these fathers. And um, again, like it, share it. Um, but above all else, um, be the man that God has called you to be and have a great Father's Day. Love you with the love of Christ. Good hope. Love to the family. Bye-bye. Blair, why are dads special? Because he, does, he, he loves us and because he does a lot of things. He helps us with a lot of things. That's a great answer. So you said because dads love us and help us with a lot of things. Great job. Who would like to go next? Okay, Kylie. Because they can um, help you. Like if something broke, um, they can help you fix it. Oh, wow. If something is broke, they can help you fix it. That's a great answer. Caleb, would you like to go next? Do you, can you think of one way that dads are special? He helps with stuff that has difficulty. Oh my goodness. You said he helps with things that are difficult. When you have difficulty, that's a great answer. My dad's special because he helps us um, with um, fix things that are broken. Very good, Lisa. Dads are special because they help you when you need when you need it most. Okay, good job, great answer. Hey, y'all ready? Give me a D. 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 Give me an A. A. Give me a D. D. What does that spell? D. Who do we love? Dad. And who's number one? Dad. Dad. I love dad because whenever I have something that I need to talk about, whether it's college advice or just regular life advice, my dad is always there to talk me through whatever. Um, we have random conversations about the universe sometimes, in the car while we're doing dishes. Um, and you know, that's something that I've learned to never take for granted. I love dad because he's always honest, helpful, and useful. I love dad because he's nice and he always hugs us before we go to bed. We love you, dad. If I could describe my daddy in two words, they would be selfless and pragmatic. Selfless because he is always stepping up to help others in need. He really keeps our whole family together. He's always telling me and my brother, if y'all are good, then I'm good. And he does all this, it seems like, with very little regard for his own needs. I'm pragmatic because he's an engineer, he's a tinkerer, 
and he definitely likes to plan out his solutions before he approaches a problem. That's how he used to describe my daddy would be consistent and hardworking. Um, I would describe him as consistent because he's always like even tempered, even killed. He doesn't really have any like ups and downs or lows and you can always kind of count on him to have the same even temperament. And that's, that's pretty nice, something I can depend on. And then also hardworking. Um, because again, it's kind of like they work hand in hand, the hard work and the consistency. He's like the waves. If he has a problem or something that he's working on, he'll just chip at it slow and steady. If he gets tired and needs to take a break, he'll take his break and then come back at it and keep working at it and keep working at it until the problem, whatever, is like figured out or he's accomplished whatever goal it is. And again, it's just something else I could, about him that I can depend on. Hi, my name is Deshonda Walker. So I've been asked to describe my dad in two words. And for me, those words are leader and loving. My dad is such a loving leader. Um, he leads our home. He leads in his church. He leads in his business that he started. And so I just want to thank him for just exemplifying such great qualities of a man. Um, happy Father's Day. Papa, I want to thank you for our constant daily talks that we have. I want to thank you for always coming to my rescue with whatever it is that I need. I want to thank you for being a foodie just like me and allowing us to have time to spend at various restaurants. So this Father's Day, I hope you have the best day possible and know that you are loved by your daughter and by your grandchildren. And we wish you a very happy Father's Day. The two lasting words that my father taught me that left an imprint on me is respect and love. Respect, if one learn to respect themselves, they will automatically respect others. Love, if you love like God loves us, everything will be fine. God bless you, happy Father's Day. Mm -hmm.